Section 44 of Essays, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Essays, Book 2 by Michel de Montaigne translated by charles cotton apology for raymond seban part four but to return to what i was upon before we have for our part inconstancy irresolution incertitude sorrow superstition solicitude of things to come even after we shall be no more ambition avarice jealousy envy irregular frantic and untamed appetites war lying disloyalty detraction and curiosity doubtless we have strangely overpaid this fine reason upon which we so much glorify ourselves and this capacity of judging and knowing if we have bought it at the price of this infinite number of passions to which we are eternally subject unless we shall also think fit as even socrates does to add to the counterpoise that notable prerogative above beasts that whereas nature has prescribed them certain seasons and limits for the delights of venus she has given us the reins at all hours and all seasons ut vinum aigrotis quia prodest raro nocet saepissime melius est non adhibere omnino quam spedubiae salutis in apertam perniciam incurere sic haud scio an melius fuerit humano generi motum istum celerem cogitationis acumen solertiam quam rationem vocamus quoniam pestifera sint multis ad modum paucis salutaria non dari omnino quam tam munifice et tam largae dari as it falls out that wine often hurting the sick and very rarely doing them good it is better not to give them any at all than to run into an apparent danger out of hope of an uncertain benefit so i know not whether it had not been better for mankind that this quick motion this penetration this subtlety that we call reason had not been given to man at all considering how pestiferous it is to many and useful but to few than to have been conferred in so abundant manner and with so liberal a hand of what advantage can we conceive the knowledge of so many things was to varro and aristotle did it exempt them from human inconveniences were they by it freed from the accidents that lay heavy upon the shoulders of a porter 
did they extract from their logic any consolation for the gout or for knowing how this humour is lodged in the joints did they feel it the less did they enter into composition with death by knowing that some nations rejoice at his approach or with cuckoldry by knowing that in some parts of the world wives are in common on the contrary having been reputed the greatest men for knowledge the one amongst the romans and the other amongst the greeks and in a time when learning did most flourish we have not heard nevertheless that they had any particular excellence in their lives nay the greek had enough to do to clear himself from some notable blemishes in his have we observed that pleasure and health have a better relish with him that understands astrology and grammar than with others illiterati num minus nervi rigent the illiterate ploughman is as fit for venus's service as the wit or shame and poverty less troublesome to the first than to the last scilicet et morbis et debilitate carebis et luctam et cura mefugies et tempora vitae longa tibi post haec fato meliore dabuntur disease thy couch shall flee and sorrow and care yes thou be sure wilt see long years of happiness till now unknown i have known in my time a hundred artisans a hundred labourers wiser and more happy than the rectors of the university and whom i had much rather have resembled learning methinks has its place amongst the necessary things of life as glory nobility dignity or at the most as beauty riches and such other qualities which indeed are useful to it but remotely and more by opinion than by nature we stand very little more in need of offices rules and laws of living in our society than cranes and ants do in theirs and yet we see that these carry themselves very regularly without erudition if man was wise he would take the true value of everything according as it was useful and proper to his life whoever will number us by our actions and deportments will find many more excellent men amongst the ignorant than among the learned ay in all sorts of virtue old rome seems to me to have been of much greater value both for peace and war than that learned rome that ruined itself and though all the rest should be equal yet integrity and innocency would remain to the ancients for they cohabit singularly well with simplicity but i will leave this discourse that would lead me farther than i am willing to follow and shall only say this further tis only humility and submission that can make a complete good man 
we are not to leave the knowledge of his duty to every man's own judgment we are to prescribe it to him and not suffer him to choose it at his own discretion otherwise according to the imbecility and infinite variety of our reasons and opinions we should at large forge ourselves duties that would as epicurus says enjoin us to eat one another the first law that ever god gave to man was a law of pure obedience it was a commandment naked and simple wherein man had nothing to inquire after nor to dispute forasmuch as to obey is the proper office of a rational soul acknowledging a heavenly superior and benefactor from obedience and submission spring all other virtues as all sin does from self-opinion and on the contrary the first temptation that by the devil was offered to human nature its first poison insinuated itself into us by the promise made us of knowledge and wisdom eritis sicut dii scientes bonum et malum ye shall be as gods knowing good and evil and the sirens in homer to allure ulysses and draw him within the danger of their snares offered to give him knowledge the plague of man is the opinion of wisdom and for this reason it is that ignorance is so recommended to us by our religion as proper to faith and obedience cavate nequis vos decipiat per philosophiam et inanes seductiones secundum elementa mundi take heed lest any man deceive you by philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and the rudiments of the world there is in this a general consent amongst all sorts of philosophers that the sovereign good consists in the tranquillity of the soul and body but where shall we find it ad sumum sapiens uno minor est jove dives liber honoratus pulcher rex denique regum praecipue sanus nisi compituita molesta est in short the wise is only less than jove rich free and handsome nay a king above all earthly kings with health supremely blessed excepting when a cold disturbs his rest it seems in truth that nature for the consolation of our miserable and wretched state has only given us presumption for our inheritance tis as epictetus says that man has nothing properly his own but the use of his opinion we have nothing but wind and smoke for our portion the gods have health in essence says philosophy and sickness in intelligence man on the contrary 
possesses his goods by fancy his ills in essence we have reason to magnify the power of our imagination for all our goods are only in dream hear this poor calamitous animal huff there is nothing says cicero so charming as the employment of letters of letters i say by means whereof the infinity of things the immense grandeur of nature the heavens even in this world the earth and the seas are discovered to us tis they that have taught us religion moderation and the grandeur of courage and that have rescued our souls from darkness to make her see all things high low first last and middling tis they that furnish us wherewith to live happily and well and conduct us to pass over our lives without displeasure and without offence does not this man seem to speak of the condition of the ever-living and almighty god but as to effects a thousand little country women have lived lives more equal more sweet and constant than his deus ille fuit deus inclute memi qui princeps vitae rationem invenit eam quae nunc appellatur sapientem quique per artem fluctibus et tantis vitam tantisque tenebris in tam tranquillo et tam clara luce locavit that god great memus was a god no doubt who prince of life first found that reason out now wisdom called and by his art who did that life in tempests tossed and darkness hid place in so great a calm and clear a light here are brave ranting words but a very slight accident put this man's understanding in a worse condition than that of the meanest shepherd notwithstanding this instructing god this divine wisdom of the same stamp and impudence is the promise of democritus's book i am going to speak of all things and that foolish title that aristotle prefixes to one of his order only afforded him a few lucid intervals which he employed in composing his book and at last made him kill himself eusebius's chronicon of the mortal gods and the judgment of chrysippus that dion was as virtuous as god and my seneca himself says that god had given him life but that to live well was his own conformably to this other in virtute vere gloriamur quod non contingeret si idonum ad deo non a nobis haberemus we truly glory in our virtue which would not be if it was given us of god and not by ourselves this is also seneca's saying 
that the wise man hath fortitude equal with god but that his is in spite of human frailty wherein therefore he more than equals god there is nothing so ordinary as to meet with sallies of the like temerity there is none of us who take so much offence to see himself equalled with god as he does to see himself undervalued by being ranked with other creatures so much more are we jealous of our own interest than that of our creator but we must trample under foot this foolish vanity and briskly and boldly shake the ridiculous foundation upon which these false opinions are founded so long as man shall believe he has any means and power of himself he will never acknowledge what he owes to his maker his eggs shall always be chickens as the saying is we must therefore strip him to his shirt let us see some notable examples of the effects of his philosophy posidonius being tormented with a disease so painful as made him writhe his arms and gnash his teeth thought he sufficiently scorned the dolor by crying out against it thou mayst do thy worst i will not confess that thou art an evil he was as sensible of the pain as my footman but he made a bravado of bridling his tongue at least and restraining it within the laws of his sect secumbere non oportebat verbis gloriantem it did not become him that spoke so big to confess his frailty when he came to the test arcesilaus being ill of the gout and carneades who had come to see him going away troubled at his condition he called him back and showing him his feet and breast there is nothing comes thence hither said he this has something a better grace for he feels himself in pain and would be disengaged from it but his heart notwithstanding is not conquered nor subdued by it the other stands more obstinately to his point but i fear rather verbally than really and dionysius heracleotes afflicted with a vehement smarting in his eyes was reduced to quit these stoical resolutions but even though knowledge should in effect do as they say and could blunt the point and dull the edge of the misfortunes that attend us what does she more than what ignorance does more purely and evidently the philosopher pyrrho being at sea in very great danger by reason of a mighty storm presented nothing to the imitation of those who were with him in that extremity but a hog they had on board that was fearless and unconcerned at the tempest 
philosophy, when she has said all she can, refers us at last to the example of a gladiator, wrestler, or muleteer, in which sort of people we commonly observe much less apprehension of death, sense of pain, and other inconveniences, and more of endurance, than ever knowledge furnished any one withal that was not born and bred to hardship. What is the cause that we make incisions, and cut the tender limbs of an infant, and those of a horse, more easily than our own, but ignorance only? How many has mere force of imagination made sick? We often see men cause themselves to be let blood, purged and physicked, to be cured of diseases they only feel in opinion. When real infirmities fail us, knowledge lends us hers. That color, that complexion, portend some catarus defluxion. This hot season threatens us with a fever. This breach in the lifeline of your left hand gives you notice of some near and dangerous indisposition. And at last she roundly attacks health itself, saying, This sprightliness and vigor of youth cannot continue in this posture. There must be blood taken and the heat abated, lest it turn against yourself. Compare the life of a man subjected to such imaginations, to that of a laborer that suffers himself to be led by his natural appetite, measuring things only by the present sense, without knowledge, and without prognostic, that feels no pain or sickness but when he is really ill whereas the other has the stone in his soul before he has it in his bladder, as if it were not time enough to suffer the evil when it shall come, he must anticipate it by fancy and run to meet it. What I say of physic may generally serve in example for all other sciences. Thence is derived that ancient opinion of the philosophers that placed the sovereign good in the discovery of the weakness of our judgment. My ignorance affords me as much occasion of hope as of fear, and having no other rule for my health than that of the examples of others and of events I see elsewhere upon the like occasion, I find of all sorts and rely upon those which by comparison are most favorable to me. I receive health with open arms, free, full, and entire, and by so much the more whet my appetite to enjoy it, by how much it is at present less ordinary and more rare. So far am I from troubling its repose and sweetness with the bitterness of a new and constrained manner of living. Beasts sufficiently show us how much the agitation of our minds brings infirmities and diseases upon us. That which is told us of those 
of brazil that they never die but of old age is attributed to the serenity and tranquillity of the air they live in but i rather attribute it to the serenity and tranquillity of their souls free from all passion thought or employment extended or unpleasing a people that pass over their lives in a wonderful simplicity and ignorance without letters without law without king or any manner of religion and whence comes that which we find by experience that the heaviest and dullest men are most able and the most to be desired in amorous performances and that the love of a muleteer often renders itself more acceptable than that of a gentleman if it be not that the agitation of the soul in the latter disturbs his physical ability dissolves and tires it as it also ordinarily troubles and tires itself what puts the soul beside itself and more usually throws it into madness but her own promptness vigor and agility and finally her own proper force of what is the most subtle folly made but of the most subtle wisdom as great friendships spring from great enmities and vigorous health from mortal diseases so from the rare and vivid agitations of our souls proceed the most wonderful and most distracted frenzies tis but half a turn of the toe from the one to the other in the actions of madmen we see how infinitely madness resembles the most vigorous operations of the soul who does not know how indiscernible the difference is betwixt folly and the sprightly elevations of a free soul and the effects of a supreme and extraordinary virtue plato says that melancholy persons are the most capable of discipline and the most excellent and accordingly in none is there so great a propension to madness great wits are ruined by their own proper force and pliability into what a condition through his own agitation and promptness of fancy is one of the most judicious ingenious and nearest formed of any other italian poet to the air of the ancient and true poesy lately fallen has he not vast obligation to this vivacity that has destroyed him to this light that has blinded him to this exact and subtle apprehension of reason that has put him beside his own to this curious and laborious search after sciences that has reduced him to imbecility and to this rare aptitude to the exercises of the soul that has rendered him without exercise and without soul i was more angry if possible than compassionate to see him at ferrara in so pitiful a condition surviving himself 
forgetting both himself and his works, which, without his knowledge, though before his face, have been published unformed and incorrect. Would you have a man healthy, would you have him regular and in a steady and secure posture, muffle him up in the shades of stupidity and sloth. We must be made beasts to be made wise, and hoodwinked before we are fit to be led. And if one shall tell me that the advantage of having a cold and dull sense of pain and other evils brings this disadvantage along with it, to render us consequently less sensible also in the fruition of good and pleasure, this is true. But the misery of our condition is such that we have not so much to enjoy as to avoid, and that the extremest pleasure does not affect us to the degree that a light grief does. Segnius homines bona quam mala sentiunt. We are not so sensible of the most perfect health as we are of the least sickness. Pungit incute vix summa violatum plagula corpus, quando valere nihil quemquam movet, hoc juvat unum quod me non torquet latus aut pes, caetera quisquam vix queat aut sanum sese, aut sentire valentem. The body with a little sting is grieved, when the most perfect health is not perceived. This only pleases me, that spleen nor gout neither offend my side nor wring my foot. Excepting these, scarce any one can tell, or e'er observes, when he's in health and well. Our well-being is nothing but the not being ill, which is the reason why that sect of philosophers which sets the greatest value upon pleasure has yet fixed it chiefly in unconsciousness of pain. To be freed from ill is the greatest good that man can hope for or desire. As Aeneas says, Nimium boni est cui nihil est mali for that every tickling and sting which are in certain pleasures, and that seem to raise us above simple health and passiveness, that active, moving, and I know not how, itching and biting pleasure, even that very pleasure itself aims at nothing but insensibility as its mark. The appetite that carries us headlong to women's embraces has no other end but only to cure the torment of our ardent and furious desires and only requires to be glutted and laid at rest and delivered from the fever and so of the rest i say then that if simplicity conducts us to a state free from evil she leads us to a very happy one according to our condition. And yet we are not to imagine it so stupid an insensibility as to be totally without sense. 
for Crantor had very good reason to controvert the insensibility of Epicurus, if founded so deep that the very first attack and birth of evils were not to be perceived. I do not approve such an insensibility as is neither possible nor to be desired. I am very well content not to be sick, but if I am, I would know that I am so. And if a caustic be applied, or incisions made in any part, I would feel them. In truth, whoever would take away the knowledge and sense of evil, would at the same time eradicate the sense of pleasure, and finally annihilate man himself. Istut nihil dolore, non sine magna mercede contingit, immanitatis in animo, stuporis in corpore. An insensibility that is not to be purchased but at the price of inhumanity in the soul, and of stupidity of the body. Evil appertains to man, of course. Neither is pain always to be avoided, nor pleasure always pursued. Tis a great advantage to the honour of ignorance that knowledge itself throws us into its arms when she finds herself puzzled to fortify us against the weight of evil. She is constrained to come to this composition to give us the reins, and permit us to fly into the lap of the other and to shelter ourselves under her protection from the strokes and injuries of fortune. For what else is her meaning when she instructs us to divert our thoughts from the ills that press upon us, and entertain them with the meditation of pleasures past and gone, to comfort ourselves in present afflictions with the remembrance of fled delights, and to call to our succour a vanished satisfaction, to oppose it to the discomfort that lies heavy upon us. Levationes aigritudinum in avocatione a cogitanda molestia, et revocatione ad contemplandas voluptates ponit. He directs us to alleviate our grief and pains by rejecting unpleasant thoughts and recalling agreeable ideas. If it be not that where her power fails, she would supply it with policy and make use of sleight of hand where force of limbs will not serve her turn. For not only to a philosopher but to any man in his right wits, when he has upon him the thirst of a burning fever, what satisfaction can it be to him to remember the pleasure he took in drinking Greek wine a month ago? It would rather only make matters worse to him. Que recordarsi il ben doppia la noia. The thinking of pleasure doubles trouble. Of the same stamp is this other counsel that philosophy gives, only to remember the happiness that is past, and to forget the misadventures we have undergone. 
as if we had the science of oblivion in our own power and counsel wherein we are yet no more to seek suavis est laborem praeteritorum memoria sweet is the memory of bygone pain how does philosophy that should arm me to contend with fortune and steel my courage to trample all human adversities under foot arrive to this degree of cowardice to make me hide my head at this rate and save myself by these pitiful and ridiculous shifts for the memory represents to us not what we choose but what she pleases nay there is nothing that so much imprints anything in our memory as a desire to forget it and tis a good way to retain and keep anything safe in the soul to solicit her to lose it and this is false est situm in nobis ut et adversa quasi perpetua oblivione obruamos et secunda jucunde et suaviter meminerimus it is in our power to bury as it were in a perpetual oblivion all adverse accidents and to retain a pleasant and delightful memory of our successes and this is true memini etiam quae nolo obliwisci non possum quae volo i do also remember what i would not but i cannot forget what i would and whose counsel is this his qui se unie sapientem profiteri sit ausus who alone durst profess himself a wise man qui genus humanum ingenio superavit et omnes praestrinxit stellas exortus uti aeterius sol who from mankind the prize of knowledge won and put the stars out like the rising sun to empty and disfurnish the memory is not this the true way to ignorance iners malorum remedium ignorantia est ignorance is but a dull remedy for evils we find several other like precepts whereby we are permitted to borrow frivolous appearances from the vulgar where we find the strongest reason will not answer the purpose provided they administer satisfaction and comfort where they cannot cure the wound they are content to palliate and benumb it i believe they will not deny this that if they could add order and constancy in a state of life that could maintain itself in ease and pleasure by some debility of judgment they would accept it potare et spargere flores incipiam patiarque vel in consultus haberi give me to drink and crowned with flowers despise the grave disgrace of being thought unwise there would be a great many philosophers of lycus's mind 
this man being otherwise of very regular manners living quietly and contentedly in his family and not failing in any office of his duty either towards his own or strangers and very carefully preserving himself from hurtful things became nevertheless by some distemper in his brain possessed with a conceit that he was perpetually in the theatre a spectator of the finest sights and the best comedies in the world and being cured by the physicians of his frenzy was hardly prevented from endeavouring by suit to compel them to restore him again to his pleasing imagination paul me ocidistis amici non seruastis ait cui sic extorta voluptas et demptus per vim mentis gratissimus error by heaven you've killed me friends outright and not preserved me since my dear delight and pleasing error by my better sense unhappily returned is banished hence with a madness like that of thrasilaus the son of pythodorus who made himself believe that all the ships that weighed anchor from the port of piraeus and that came into the haven only made their voyages for his profit congratulating them upon their successful navigation and receiving them with the greatest joy and when his brother crito caused him to be restored to his better understanding he infinitely regretted that sort of condition wherein he had lived with so much delight and free from all anxiety of mind tis according to the old greek verse that there is a great deal of convenience in not being overwise and ecclesiastes in much wisdom there is much sorrow and who gets wisdom gets labor and trouble even that to which philosophy consents in general that last remedy which she applies to all sorts of necessities to put an end to the life we are not able to endure placet pare non placet quaecumque vis exi pungit dolor vel fodiat sane si nudus es da jugulum sin tectus armis vulcaniis id est fortitudine resiste does it please obey it not please go where thou wilt does grief prick thee nay stab thee if thou art naked present thy throat if covered with the arms of vulcan that is fortitude resist it and this word so used in the greek festivals aut bibat aut abeat either drink or go which sounds better upon the tongue of a gascon who naturally changes the b into v than on that of cicero vivere se rectinescis decere peritis lusistis satis edistis satis atque bibisti 
tempus ab ire tibi est ne potum largius aequo rideat et pulsit lascivia decentius aetas if to live well and right thou dost not know give way and leave thy place to those that do thou'st eaten drunk and played to thy content tis time to make thy parting compliment lest youth more decent in their follies scoff the nauseous scene and hiss thee reeling off what is it other than a confession of his impotency and ascending back not only to ignorance to be there in safety but even to stupidity insensibility and non-entity democritum postquam matura vetustas admonuit memorem motus languescere mentis sponte sua leto caput ovvius obtulet ipsa soon as through age democritus did find a manifest decadence in his mind he thought he now survived to his own wrong and went to meet his death that stayed too long tis what antisthenes said that a man should either make provision of sense to understand or of a halter to hang himself and what chrysippus alleged upon this saying of the poet tyrteus or to arrive at virtue or at death and crates said that love would be cured by hunger if not by time and whoever disliked these two remedies by a rope that sextius of whom both seneca and plutarch speak with so high an encomium having applied himself all other things set aside to the study of philosophy resolved to throw himself into the sea seeing the progress of his studies too tedious and slow he ran to find death since he could not overtake knowledge these are the words of the law upon the subject if peradventure some great inconvenience happen for which there is no remedy the haven is near and a man may save himself by swimming out of his body as out of a leaky skiff for tis the fear of dying and not the love of life that ties the fool to his body as life renders itself by simplicity more pleasant so more innocent and better also it renders it as i was saying before the simple and ignorant says saint paul raise themselves up to heaven and take possession of it and we with all our knowledge plunge ourselves into the infernal abyss i am neither swayed by valentinian a professed enemy to all learning and letters nor by licinius both roman emperors who called them the poison and pest of all political government nor by mahomet who as tis said interdicted all manner of learning to his followers but the example of the great lycurgus 
and his authority with the reverence of the divine lacedaemonian policy so great so admirable and so long flourishing in virtue and happiness without any institution or practice of letters ought certainly to be of very great weight such as return from the new world discovered by the spaniards in our fathers days testify to us how much more honestly and regularly those nations live without magistrate and without law than ours do where there are more officers and lawyers than there are of other sorts of men and business dicitatoria piene e di libelli disamine e di carte di procure hanno le mani e il seno e gran fasteri diciosa di consili e di letture per cui la facolta de poverelli non sono mai nella città sicure hanno dietro ed innanzi ed ambi i lati notai procuratori e avvocati their bags were full of writs and of citations of process and of actions and arrests of bills of answers and of replications in courts of delegates and of requests to grieve the simple sort with great vexations they had resorting to them as their guests attending on their circuit and their journeys scriveners and clerks and lawyers and attorneys it was what a roman senator of the latter ages said that their predecessors breath stunk of garlic but their stomachs were perfumed with a good conscience and that on the contrary those of his time were all sweet odour without but stunk within of all sorts of vices that is to say as i interpret it that they abounded with learning and eloquence but were very defective in moral honesty in civility ignorance simplicity roughness are the natural companions of innocence curiosity subtlety knowledge bring malice in their train humility fear obedience and affability which are the principal things that support and maintain human society require an empty and docile soul and little presuming upon itself christians have a particular knowledge how natural and original an evil curiosity is in man the thirst of knowledge and the desire to become more wise was the first ruin of man and the way by which he precipitated himself into eternal damnation pride was his ruin and corruption tis pride that diverts him from the common path and makes him embrace novelties and rather choose to be head of a troop lost and wandering in the path of error to be a master and a teacher of lies than to be a disciple in the school of truth suffering himself to be led and guided by the hand of another in the right and beaten road 
tis peradventure the meaning of this old greek saying that superstition follows pride and obeys it as if it were a father he desidaimonia kathaper patri to tufo pethetai ah presumption how much dost thou hinder us after that socrates was told that the god of wisdom had assigned to him the title of sage he was astonished at it and searching and examining himself throughout could find no foundation for this divine judgment he knew others as just temperate valiant and learned as himself and more eloquent more handsome and more profitable to their country than he at last he concluded that he was not distinguished from others nor wise but only because he did not think himself so and that his god considered the opinion of knowledge and wisdom as a singular absurdity in man and that his best doctrine was the doctrine of ignorance and simplicity his best wisdom the sacred word declares those miserable among us who have an opinion of themselves dust and ashes says it to such what hast thou wherein to glorify thyself and in another place god has made man like unto a shadow of whom who can judge when by removing the light it shall be vanished man is a thing of nothing our force is so far from being able to comprehend the divine height that of the works of our creator those best bear his mark and are with better title his which we the least understand to meet with an incredible thing is an occasion to christians to believe and it is so much the more according to reason by how much it is against human reason if it were according to reason it would be no more a miracle and if it were according to example it would be no longer a singular thing melius scitur deus nesciendo god is better known by not knowing him says st augustine and tacitus sanctius est ac reverentius de actis deorum credere quam scire it is more holy and reverent to believe the works of god than to know them and plato thinks there is something of impiety in inquiring too curiously into god the world and the first causes of things atque illum quidem parentem huius universitatis invenire difficile et quum jam inveneris indicare in vulgis nefas to find out the parent of the world is very difficult and when found out to reveal him to the vulgar is sin says cicero we talk indeed of power truth justice 
which are words that signify some great thing, but that thing we neither see nor conceive at all. We say that God fears, that God is angry, that God loves. Immortalia mortali sermone notantes. Giving to things immortal, mortal names. These are all agitations and emotions that cannot be in God according to our form, nor can we imagine them according to his. It only belongs to God to know himself and to interpret his own works. And he does it in our language, going out of himself to stoop to us who grovel upon the earth. How can prudence, which is the choice between good and evil, be properly attributed to him whom no evil can touch? How can reason and intelligence, which we make use of, to arrive by obscure at apparent things, seeing that nothing is obscure to him? How justice, which distributes to every one what appertains to him, a thing begot by the society and community of men, how is that in God? How temperance, which is the moderation of corporal pleasures, that have no place in the divinity? Fortitude to support pain, labor, and dangers, as little appertains to him as the rest. These three things have no access to him. For which reason Aristotle holds him equally exempt from virtue and vice. Neque gratia, neque ira teneri potest, quod quaetalia essent, imbecilia essent omnia. He can neither be affected with favor nor indignation, because both these are the effects of frailty. The participation we have in the knowledge of truth, such as it is, is not acquired by our own force. God has sufficiently given us to understand that, by the witnesses he has chosen out of the common people, simple and ignorant men, that he has been pleased to employ to instruct us in his admirable secrets. Our faith is not of our own acquiring. Tis purely the gift of another's bounty. Tis not by meditation or by virtue of our own understanding that we have acquired our religion, but by foreign authority and command wherein the imbecility of our own judgment does more assist us than any force of it, and our blindness more than our clearness of sight. Tis more by the mediation of our ignorance than of our knowledge that we know anything of the divine wisdom. Tis no wonder if our natural and earthly parts cannot conceive that supernatural and heavenly knowledge. Let us bring nothing of our own but obedience and subjection, for, as it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent, 
where is the wise where is the scribe where is the disputer of this world hath not god made foolish the wisdom of this world for after that in the wisdom of god the world knew not god it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe finally should i examine whether it be in the power of man to find out that which he seeks and if that quest wherein he has busied himself so many ages has enriched him with any new force or any solid truth i believe he will confess if he speaks from his conscience that all he has got by so long inquiry is only to have learned to know his own weakness we have only by a long study confirmed and verified the natural ignorance we were in before the same has fallen out to men truly wise which befalls the ears of corn they shoot and raise their heads high and pert whilst empty but when full and swelled with grain in maturity begin to flag and droop so men having tried and sounded all things and having found in that mass of knowledge and provision of so many various things nothing solid and firm and nothing but vanity have quitted their presumption and acknowledged their natural condition tis what veleus reproaches cotta withal and cicero that they had learned of philo that they had learned nothing Ferecides, one of the seven sages writing to thales upon his deathbed i have said he given order to my people after my interment to carry my writings to thee if they please thee and the other sages publish if not suppress them they contain no certainty with which i myself am satisfied neither do i pretend to know the truth or to attain to it i rather open than discover things the wisest man that ever was being asked what he knew made answer he knew this that he knew nothing by which he verified what has been said that the greatest part of what we know is the least of what we do not that is to say that even what we think we know is but a piece and a very little one of our ignorance we know things in dreams says plato and are ignorant of them in truth omnes peneveteres nihil cognosci nihil percipi nihil sciri posse dixerunt angustos sensus imbeciles animos brevia curricula vitae almost all the ancients have declared that there is nothing to be known nothing to be perceived or understood the senses are too limited men's minds too weak and the course of life too short and of cicero himself who stood indebted to his learning for all he was worth 
Valerius says, that he began to disrelish letters in his old age, and when at his studies it was with great independency upon any one party, following what he thought probable, now in one sect and then in another, ever more wavering under the doubts of the academy. Dicendum est, sed ita ut nihil affirmem, quaeram omnia, dubitans plerumque et mihi diffidens. Something I must say, but so as to affirm nothing. I inquire into all things, but for the most part in doubt and distrust of myself. End of section 44